This is Capital City with Capital J. When I met Ghazi, right, and, and, and we found out we was related and, and, and you know, at the time. Hold up, who? Uh, Ghazi. So Ghazi was or is, you know, he owns Empire. And Ghazi is a person who's from San Francisco. Me and him were born a day apart. My moms have the same names. We we literally, like, it was like meeting somebody who has a parallel parallel life, but he's on the West Coast, right? Right. And we found out later on that we were actually related, you know what I'm saying, like in real life. So oh. he, started company, he started this company called Empire. And Empire turns out to be one of the biggest things in the world. So it's distribution. What, what, yeah, distribution plus, you know, he's got a label too. And so when 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 we first started rocking, Kazi would come out to Carolina and stay with me for 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 weeks. So he, you know, originally we did a, our first project was three three six boys together. This is Capital City with Capital J. Wale, you about ready to get this thing started, man? Yeah, let's go, let's go, brother. I'm ready. I'm ready yes, indeed, boy. I'm excited, man. Let's go. Let's go, brother. Let's go. One time for your mind, it's the Capital City Podcast. We're definitely in the building. I'm your illustrious host, Capital J, alongside my main man. D.L. Glass. And this week, we have a man that that experienced overnight success after about 15, 20 years. <laughs> That's a good way to say it, too. <laughs> the one and only Waleed Coyote. Now... Now, since first of all, let me let me explain, and then I'm gonna let let Waleed take this thing over, okay? Gotcha. Waleed Coyote. For those of you who um, who are familiar with the podcast, you know that I spent years working the 102 Jams in Greensboro. We have had guests on. Historically, the Greensboro is like the South Bronx in North Carolina for hip hop. So, Waleed is a guy that I worked with for a long time. We have traveled in the same hip hop circles for a long time. Right. And it's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce the one and only Waleed Coyote. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Cap J. Glass, what up? What's good, brother? Everything's great, man. Beautiful introduction, man. Shout out to my brother, Capital J. Uh, a little unknown fact, but it's going to be known, is that Cap J and myself brought in 1999 or 2000 on the radio when everybody thought the world was going to end. I was with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. on one of two jams, and people were calling in all night like it was over. Yep. It, didn't, it didn't stop then. And 21 years later, now 22 years later, we win with it. So it's a big pleasure, brother, to be on the podcast. And thank you for having me on here, brother, for sure. Hey, yes, indeed, man. You know, we had Ski Beats on a couple of weeks back, and I was just thinking about all the people they talk about. Now, I have mentioned Mixed Master D so many times. So when we start talking yeah. about the beginning of yeah. how you got into all of this, your starting hip hop in Greensboro goes back to the same source as mine. So let's start yeah, wow. with with Mixed Master D Man. and what he meant and how what he meant to you and your career and tell us how you parlayed this into others' records. I'm gonna give right, you so, so so I just gave you a big floor. Right. So it's all a yours, Waleed. I'm, this yes, is sir, your I chance to it. tell your story, yes. my friend. Yes, sir. No, I really appreciate that. So Mitch Master D, aka Dana Lucci, aka Dana Mitchell, RP. That's my big bro in heaven right there. So you know when when we first landed in America, coming from Lebanon, and it's kind of 
crazy because when I look at the Ukraine and Russia and see all the refugees, I think about when we first came here to this country. And so, you know, I, I got my start really watching MTV, BET, learning, learning the music was more than more important to me than anything. And up the street, when we moved to Greensboro, was a guy by the name of McMaster D. So tell me, uh, what year was this, Waleed? This was, this was, uh, this was, I moved, we moved to Greensboro in 84. I met Dana in like 80, 86, I met him. Because Dana used to come, actually 85, I met him. He used to come to our, uh, our middle school, right? Our middle school, Jackson Middle School. And he was the DJ. And he had Bart Simpson on his car. And he had these mixtapes. So bro gave me a mixtape. And one day, I was like in the sixth grade, one of the speakers went out. And so he had to go to Radio Shack. I remember it like it was yesterday, bro. And, he went to Radio Shack. He said, hey, come back here behind the DJ booth, and I'm going to show you how to put these records on with the, with the vinyl and the, and, the, and the needles and all that. So I got my crash course of DJing and all, all of those girls and everybody, oh, you DJing? Like, that was the first, that was the beginning. That same year, I discovered NWA and marijuana. You know what I'm saying? That happened simultaneously, <laughs> which, was, which was crazy. I smoked my first joint. I heard Stratt of Compton. My life you know, it changed. But never, never looked back after that. So, D was like the dude who always tell me, yo, man, you should use the name Wally Coyote. He started calling me that, oh, man, when I'm talking about early on, when I first met him, and I was like, bro, I ain't no cartoon character. I ain't doing none of that. That's crazy. He said, bro, you don't understand. This is the name for you. This name, I'm telling you, you go Wally Coyote, it's going to it's gonna stick. People are going to resonate to it. So, I used to help D carry his records to, like, MC Square, we're talking about, man, I had no business to be in any of these clubs. Uh, Jokers 3 later on when I was in college. Being, you know, I met, I met Cap J. I met Jay Fleck. I like Osha Bass. You know, rock, R.I.P. rocking with D. D was, had the, this house on Newton Street, and, and it was like literally 20 minutes walk from where I lived at. So we used to walk there, and I spent morning, noon, and night trying to learn how to DJ, listening to the hip-hop conversation. Understanding this Carolina dream, you know, I'm telling you, man. If everybody just do this, if we just do that, oh, this guy's gonna be big. And then through that, I got to see, you know, and hear about so many great producers that at the time, you know, our our our, our flight and our and our whole fight was for being that we're from North Carolina, we got our own sound. But you only can make it if you went to New York, if you went to L.A. You know, at the time, Atlanta wasn't even on the map. So either you from New York, you from L.A you from Texas, maybe Miami, but, that, you know, hip-hop was so new. And listening to this guy with the Transformer scratch and how he was making these tapes, cranking out tapes, cranking out tapes. So, you know, after that, I started, I started selling these tapes before. And, like, so that led to that led to a vision, of, you know, early on, you know what, I want to I have a record label because at that moment when I saw the struggles, right, as I hear these great rappers, these amazing DJs. I mean, in Carolina, I mean, you put it best, Cap J. Like Greensboro was so competitive with us rocking a party. Literally, you had to be something to get on that mic. People are going to critique your performance. People are going to critique how you DJ. You know, we don't play about the music in the Carolinas at oh all. My goodness. Not, not, you know, Cap J. To me, and I'm not saying this because this is a podcast. Is definitely one of the best DJs I've ever heard in my life. Thanks. Super fan. But we're talking about. Land, bro would have the monitor so turned up in the radio. You know what I'm saying? Friday night, he had he, he, he <laughs> had the, the the thing marked where you had to go to lower level. He go into the actual amp because he heard every single element of the beat. 
<laughs> so we're not talking about virtual DJ nowadays. And I don't want to sound like I'm 180 years old, but you know, when you look at these guys sometimes and they got virtual DJ and no respect to Serato culture, you're talking about having a mark on a vinyl and you have a position. And you, have you ever been a cap J cap had his shit so freaking organized that it'd be, you know, as these guys really took time out. These are like Michael Jordan of music to me at the moment. How can they rock this party? And how can these guys be so talented on the music level? We need a label that's going to put this out. So as, as a kid, I knew my mission was to be able to sign these artists and give them a platform and do right by them because I've seen a lot of my friends not be able to do that. They could compete with everybody. Ultra Bass, man, when I tell you Ultra Bass was one of the realest, and I met him through Dana Lucci when, when the pit had, had broke up their group. Uh, I did a song with him. It's called 420, Cap J. You know, you played the record, and, and, and I'll never forget looking at my cousin, Davey Joe, when I heard on the radio, like, yo, we're going to be in Bentley's. And like Cap J said, 15 years later, it was a nice success when we finally got the car. <laughs> but it took us 15 years, 15 summers. But, 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 that, but that, to me, Greensboro, North Carolina, and North Carolina in general, that state meant the world for, for my mission in life was to put this state on the map. And not only that, but, but give people the ability to have a home to come and put these records out and really champion them, really understand what it takes to, to push the artists and, and really never, never try to rob nobody. Like, I didn't want to be on them specials later on. Like, oh, you took my public, he did this, he did that. I was wanted to be like, you know what, if we really build through the music, everything in music is a universal language. You know, when, when, when I left high school, I went to Western Carolina and before I got on the radio, I went on two jazz. And there, that's when I seen the effects of the 420. That's when I first even knew what 420 was before it was even a thing in the urban world. I seen the white kids, I seen the black kids, everybody was smoking, a lot of hippie action, a lot of different things. And it really opened up my mind to see that this music really unites the people. Like at the time, Biggie, Fox, Trey, you know, certain, you know, Eminem, like these are guys that was loved by the, by the whitest of the white and the blackest of the black. And I said to myself, if we can bring that home to a place that has talent and, and watching people throughout life, I always felt kept like I was like the hip hop for Trump or something because we remember when Tasia wasn't Tasia, when Fantasia was, you know, trying right. to come up and Rico is, is, is the one and infinity was the group. And I remember when Terrence, whoa, Jay, come on, whoa, bro, whoa, whoa. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You throw you throw it a lot at us right now. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, you 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 going through everything. We ten minutes in. <laughs> we ten minutes I'm in. Hold on. Yes, we need three hours, bro. Three hours is just starting. Like, like you got you got to think about our, our history. Yes. So it's so unbelievable, and everybody's gonna say that about their experience because that's his life and that's what keeps us going. But right. if you really think about a young Terrence today working at a radio station, yeah, Fantasia's calling us on the weekend singing. Yes. Diddies with oh, our names in them that we can use for promos. I got a question as as a fan, you know, and, and I don't want to stop your your story, but at the same time, just so we get right. a perspective of things, like you said, coming from Lebanon to the U.S., right? Right. How did your heart and how did your ears fall in love with hip hop? Uh, man, I, I think for me, it started it started even before. I knew what hip hop was. It started with mm. now that I look back on it. It started when I first heard Genesis in the air of the night in the eighties or when I first heard you know, I remember I remember when Billy Jean and, and Beat It was on the radio in Lebanon mm. 
mm. and my cousins that's all they were listening to and they come in here and seeing that and then and really the love affair that got so deep when I heard her out of Compton that that changed my life mm. I'll never forget it man I, I was I was I believe in the sixth grade or something and I'm telling you my man my, my homeboy Rusty Bohan and passed me a joint with a Chris Parker's house passed me a joint of weed and I'm not telling no kids to smoke no weed but I remember this and we're smoking for the first time and bro said I got this new tape and he put it in and he said you are now about to win a drink of street knowledge and my entire <laughs> life changed mm. after that moment because I didn't want to do nothing else I, I had an uncle uh, I still got him you know God bless him and he's like my uncle Phil but you know he's Uncle John out in California you know him and my aunt they did real well for their stuff so I used to go out there and, and, and it was literally some Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shit and and, and I was in the seventh grade, and he called. He was excited. I'm about to go out there for the summer. He's like, so where you want to go? Disneyland? You want to go to Universal Studios? Hollywood? Where you want to take her? I said, I want to go to Compton and be <laughs> And he was just looking at me. He called my mom, a little concerned, like, what, what, I want to go to the The boy in the seventh grade, why does he want to go to Compton for? For what is it Compton that this, this young man could possibly want to do? Above going to Universal Studios, I wasn't concerned with Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. I wanted to be Ice Cube. You hey, know yo. what I'm saying? Like, 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 that's what I wanted to do because Dems was my guys. That was, that was my style. You know, later on, it developed to like Cypress Hill and, and even looking at dudes like Third Base, which was, you know, MC Surge kind of looked like, like me a little. Like, we kind of looked, he wasn't black, but he was cool. You know, right. you me? So it was like, it was, it hey, was look, Wally. going up. Funny, funny yeah. thing, funny thing. You're talking about going to California, right? You said you want to go to Compton. Now, yeah. fast forward years later, you remember when we were all in California that time shooting yeah. the video for uh, was. Uh, you already know, you know what it is. You know what you it is. Know. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I had already been down there. You know, I was there a few days before y'all got there, and yeah. when when B Dot got there, you know the first thing he said. We got to go to Compton. <laughs> so we got in the car and we went to the Slauson swap meet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, no, no checking so, in and that. So, so y'all, nah, we just went. <laughs> and them dudes locked immediately in on B Dot. Because, <laughs> you know, he, he looked gangster in the mug. You know what I'm saying? He come in, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what kind of rules they had about what to wear, what not to wear, but I think he was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but I just had to throw that in there. You ain't the only one that you know when you when you hear so much about Compton and you listen to NWA for so long, man. You get to Cali, you want to be like, yo, I want to see this, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I heard about it, but you know I want to go catch a bullet or nothing. But I want to (laughs) see at least see what's going on so we went we went to the actual stars and swap meet wow yep Dope. yeah and, and, and i remember that was, that was an amazing that was an amazing moment in history too you know and, and when i tell people about rico i tell everybody listen man rico was like we talked about he's bigger than Tate. and cat were well, you right there bro that's crazy you back then every front like to get to see hip-hop not to be you know on no hater shit but man i'll be in a studio and all i would hear about is this make show power summit and my guys will come back from the Mix Show Power Summit. Yo, man, we used out there. Jay-Z was there kicking free, and I hear these stories. And I say to myself, one day, I'm going to go to that Mix Show Power Summit. So we got us a bunch of tickets. 
They go to the Mixo Power Summit and 9 11 hit, bro, right before the Yeah. Mixo Power Summit. I remember so, that. Good, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah I remember those stuff. days. Well, Damn, I'm talking about late days. Because when you, when you was a DJ back then, you know what I'm saying? It, not saying that now it ain't the same thing, but it was a real bad. You was on the radio, like, you had to work. It wasn't like you just, man, Brian Douglas, bro. To this day, I still got nightmares about having to go to this radio station to get the promos done and and, and, and big commercials and shit. Because you know, bro, bro, bro was like the Dean Smith. You know what I'm saying? He was the greatest, the greatest that ever did it. But he took radio like we took it so serious. I look back on it now, like when I hear somebody now or some dead air or you know a, a commercial. Just just a little right. while ago, I was listening to the radio and I heard a commercial fly off in the middle of a song. Man, that's the not that, that's the end of the world for us back then. Remember that cat? Look, end Indeed. Of the world. Hey, look, you know, you know who we had on the show a few weeks back. Who's that? Brian Douglas. Oh wow, the goat. The BD. goat. The goat. Yep. The yeah. goat. Yeah, man. Hats off to BD, man. He, he helped raise all of us in the radio world, man. So <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it's it's so much cat. We do need to make a movie. I, I want to do something soon. I got I got some ideas. For some stuff that I want to do that, that that highlights how dope that era was. That era was like it was a magical moment, you know. And that was the, the start of really knowing. Like even back then, you know, after you get the accolades and you get all the stuff, and I know it's cliche, but it really isn't. It feels great, but it ain't the same feeling as you thought it would because back then we wanted it so bad. We just knew in a year's time we was gonna be so rich, and and, and it took so long. But it was just that that hunger and. And that rock in the party was such a science, man. It was like, man. And the DJ, then the DJ drops the record. The whole crowd moved, and you didn't have the record. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you had to listen to the radio. And and you were a true yeah. MC. You know, like, MCing is, is more than just rapping on beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, Waleed is an MC. He comes to the club and MCs the party. That's dope. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I was around the most best dudes in the world, man. If you rock that mic wrong, a brother like Cap Jay gonna cut you off. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna, he gonna cut you off. And you gonna be in the mic talking, yo, 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 or you gonna be very low. These dudes do not play about the music. You can't touch the controllers. Certain cats like Cap, you know what I'm saying, Flex, certain brothers, man, Polo, it was hard to even touch the controller. So for them to even let you have a controller touch, you know what I'm saying, was a, was, was a privilege. It was an honor for me to rock a party. And, and they was like, "Go oh, rock!" Because you had to, we had to be above exception. Yeah, I let you lean over. Mic. I let you lean over there and mute mute the music every now and then when you want a response. That you know what I'm saying. But I let Wally do it. Yeah, I might let Tap do it. I might let Kyle do it. Right. That's about it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you got right. serious face on saying that. Right, yeah, seriously. That's about it. There's the only people touching my my mixer. Right. Ever, 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 ever. And when I tell you, brought in play, uh, his music, man, I mean, to this day, again, man, hats off, bro. Like, those plans he was doing on the morning show, the, the, the throwback to right now, man, I would sit there in the morning like, what the hell? How the hell he do that? Right. You know what I'm saying? I used, I used to ask, bro, who, who sang, like, he's, like, Brian and, and Cap probably too hit up on a lifeline if you're going to ask him who sample, whatever, because you don't want to argue with a Cap, bro. He's going to get it every time. <laughs> nah, that was over watching the unit. Nah, bro, that shit was lousy, brother. I'm pretty sure. And he'll pull that shit out. He'll be like, all right, all right, all right, okay, you're right. You got it, brother. So just, 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 
Just that was dope. That was dope. I remember, bro. I remember that day more than I remember yesterday, bro. What I did yesterday in real life was crazy. Yeah, me too, crazy. man. So when you were in college, like I remember you having that record when you were still in college. Yeah. So how did you end up interning at 102 Jams? And this is after you brought me the record, right? Or were you an intern yeah, during the time period? Yeah. So so basically, I started the label and got on radio pretty much around the same time. I had the vision for others' records. We did the record. I brought Ocean Bass as concept. I said, "Yo, oh, I want you to do this record." I was it was it was the summer that I was interning, right? And I gave him the concept. Yo, this is the concept when I was in Carolina. You know, the white boys that smoke the weed at four twenty. Let's let's do the first. Let's do that. Wasn't let's do the first, but it was like let's do this record called four twenty. And so we pressed up the vinyl, uh, started the record label, and then I got on interning because Uncle Billy owned a restaurant called Stevens, and Stevens, um, Kendall B, David, David, Joe, my cousin David, David, David knew Kendall B, and so right. he invited Kendall to come to to come to Stevens. He brought Boogie D with him, and when Boogie seen the spot, and you know, and, and even back then we had a lot of nice ladies around us. And, and people in exotic nightlife. So they saw the chicks. They saw, he saw the, the ambiance. Boogie offered me an internship right then and there. I said, yo, I want you to be my intern. I said, all right, cool. Boogie, I'll be your intern. Matter of fact, you know, I'll, I'll stay with you. I need like six hours of credit for my, for my college. Cause I was, I knew that I had the plan in my head in college was I'm going to go to the radio station and I'm going to bang out on radio. I'm going to do everything I can to get on them airways. So I could brainwash the people and believing in their stuff and believing in the area because up to then, you know, shout out to Buster Brown, Boogie D, Kendall B. These are guys that weren't from where I was from, which is, you know, Greensboro. You know what I'm saying? Even though I came to North Carolina at eight years old, I tell people when they ask where I'm from, I say originally or where am I from in America because, you know, that's, you know, that, that place raised me. I was out Point Road forever, bro. So it's like, it's like, so I used to listen to the radio and all I used to hear was, Yo, man, I'm from this place, and this place is really popping. And then I'd hear my mixer dudes on the radio like, shit, I'm from the South Side. <laughs> or I'm from Carolina, and it would always be some type of, you know, well, shit, I'm from Cali, and we do it like this. And I'd say to myself, the minute I'm going to touch them airways, I'm going to empower everybody to freaking believe in their stuff to the point where you just love your area. Because when I go to Atlanta, I hear about the A. When I go to New York, I hear about New York. But I come to North Carolina and Greensboro, I hear about everything but there and then I go to the party and you know for example Fendi which is one of the dopest to ever do it monster on the mic that's one more person like if he's if he's MCing then I know that if he reaching over to mute something is the right thing to do I let Fendi mute my right. joint and if then, he's you know, MCing and then, and then Fendi turned out to be Nicki Minaj Babylon, you know he's a, he's a staple in hip hop but he was part of my Jokers 3 but he's shouting out all the boroughs in, in, in New York and phenomenal, phenomenal. And they're playing New York records and everybody's going crazy. I said, man, if I could get on this radio, I'm willing to do whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to intern. I'm going to figure out every single thing I could do. I mean, true story, man. When I first got hired at 102, my first air check at 102 Jam, Brian Douglas looked at me and said, this might not be for you. <laughs> <laughs> And he went on this one break, bro. We took three hours, bro. I took three pages of notes in a notebook. Three, bro. And then, and then, and then for years, bro, would speak Chinese to me about, 
you know, listeners and this. I wouldn't even understand. I wanted to be on the radio so bad, bro. I would just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, what, am I fired? Because every day I'm fired. So, so what point are you letting me go? Oh, should I get back on the radio? Okay, I'm back on the radio tomorrow night. All right, perfect. You know what I'm saying? Because because we were so wild up there, but he cared about so much, and I, and I just want to be on radio. So after that, I said, all right, boom. So I really took the craft seriously, bro. Like, I'm talking about I re, relearn how to enunciate my S's, my, you know, stuff that I have problems with that I was maybe, you know, like reading and, and being on the mic and different things. Like, I had to really, really, really practice and go back and rehearse shit so much and live in that radio station because I knew that that was the key to uniting the Carolinas, finding the artists that I need to find, promote the music, get the music out. You know, I wasn't left an inheritance. I wasn't left a whole lot of money. So, you know, I ain't on front. Half half of the time was, you know, we was doing our thing with the with the with the flower a little bit. We was doing the party. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, we wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily brokey broke, but it was like it wasn't like I didn't have a million dollars to be cash money. But I knew in my heart that this radio was my vessel, my my spaceship, my rocket mm-hmm. because. Well, it's a hundred thousand watts, right? And if you say something over and over and over, you manifest it's gonna happen at some point. Hey, man. At some point, let me let know? me let me throw this in that your your philosophy is the exact same one that I came in with. Like, you know, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I always rep North Carolina very hard. Mm-hmm. Like even even the town that I'm from, like Tarboro. You heard how many times you heard me say I'm for Tarboro? Yeah, a million and one times to the point where I know where Tarboro is at now. Exactly. You. Do you know where Princeville is? We love it. And we love it because yo, man, I'm gonna be real with you. Everybody say that they got the best people where they where they from. I swear to you, I, I literally could be anywhere in the world. I don't feel right till I touch them borders. So I come back. I gotta come back once a month. Whatever it is, I just have to come back to touch the land because it, it's nowhere better for me, bro. On Earth, it's like like this is. This is where we from, and I love it. And so my mission was to put it on, and the radio had to do it. The radio had to do it mm-hmm. because at the time, radio was so, was everything. It wasn't TikTok. It wasn't no internet. It wasn't Facebook. It wasn't Twitter. It was nothing. It was the radio. Like, right. Paul Jam was the Bible to the streets. Yep. Where we was at, if, if Buster Brown said something about P. Diddy, man, t- remember that cap? How many people, man, picked your phone up when Buster did something? Man, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Hey, Look, you know I told I told DL about when I was up at the Arista event in New York, and it was hosted by it was an event hosted by Bad Boy. I was playing in a basketball game, and they looked up. They were checking me in, and they said WJMH, and they looked at each other. They looked at me like, oh, it's not supposed to be nobody from JMH here. Mm. <laughs> All because of that Buster Brown stuff. Mm. So uh, they looked at me like, "Yo, don't tell nobody you from JMH. Puffy will lose it. Like we can't. Like they were looking at me like we can't even guarantee your safety." <laughs> so they were like, "Just keep that on low. Don't even mention your radio station till this event is over." What do you say? Um, well, the, the dude we used to work with, Buster Brown, uh, he had this list of questions that the listeners had. You know they're gonna have an interview with Puffy. They sent Buster a list of questions that they wanted him to ask Puffy. <laughs> okay, and of course one of them was, "Are you gay?" Oh god! But and he just he asked the question, and Puffy said, "Oh come on, man, it's ridiculous." No, and they it was time to move on. Okay, but not Buster Brown. 
Buster Brown says, <laughs> are you gay? Puff's like, nah, man, come on, get out of here. And like, nah, nah, next question. And Buster's like, so you're saying nobody's puffing the puff. <laughs> and then he's like, nah, man, come on, man, what is this? No, nah, of course I'm not gay. He's like, so you're saying you doing the puffing and you ain't getting puffed. So that's what you're saying right here on the radio that you are not a puff. Oh, oh wow. you know, and all he kept messing with him. Right. But right. after a while, Puffy said, I tell you what, next time in North Carolina, I'm gonna come by there and make it real for you. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and they wow, say wow. that he was like when I when I found out, when they found out I was there, I found out that he was truly, truly offended. Right. Like I think they might even had to do some things to make amends, you know, behind the scenes. Mm. You know, so that we have a better relationship with Bad Boy at the station. That's I think I think it really damaged some things because I know that I shouldn't have been at no bad boy event. Right? Because they were like, "Oh, JMH is banned." That's crazy. <laughs> it happens crazy. though, right? So, hey, Waleed, tell me this, man. As a DJ, could you tell the difference in California or or some of the Luke Nasty joints? Versus some of the earlier stuff with P. Wonder, did it feel different to you when you completed those songs, or did you go in with the same enthusiasm that you went in with those first two, and these just worked out different, or did um, you know immediately that, that these were hits? Yeah, I knew there was hits. The difference is with with P. and and Fire too is that I hit a ceiling and we hit a ceiling back in the day. You got 100,000 views on a record in North Carolina on YouTube. It's like 15 million. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we, we we didn't understand a lot of playlists, and I didn't understand the algorithms on shit. I didn't understand. Like, I could get a record popping to the state radio. We go from radio to shows to beating up the international waters to going nationally, doing everything and spending the money. But what happened was, when I met Gazi, right, and, and, and we found out we was related and, and, and you know, at the time. Who the who? Gazi. So Gazi was or is, you know, he owns Empire. And Gazi is a person who's from San Francisco. Me and him were born a day apart. My moms have the same names. We we literally, like, it was like meeting somebody who has a parallel, parallel life, but he's on the West Coast, right? Right. And we find out later on that we were actually related, you know what I'm saying, like in real life. So, oh. so he, started company, he started this company called Empire. And Empire turns out to be one of the biggest things in the world. So it's distribution? What, what, yeah, distribution plus, you know, he's got a label too. And so when when, when we first started rocking, Kazi would come out to Carolina and stay with me for, for, for weeks. So, he, you know, originally... We did a, our first project was 336 Boys together, then we did the Mulan Sack thing. And so with the Luke Nasty record, I had already decided because he called me and said, Yo, I want you to come out here and work with me. I want you to do the radio, A&R, you know, just come out here to San Fran. And I had been hitting the ceiling, you know, because I had everything I wanted to have the crib, I had the club, I had, you know, I had everything. My life was like amazing. At, the, at that moment, and he calls me and he says, yo, I want you to come out to San Fran, and I didn't even hesitate. I said, yes, let's do it, because I had hit the ceiling with the music. I was just tired of people asking me, yo, man, what was up, man? Y'all right there, huh? But what happened, or what's going on? And, you know, the audience is, is, is the coolest because they have no filter 
and they're real. So, like, when people see you that really know you off of radio or know what you do but don't really know you, then then when they ask you certain questions, it's absolutely they just want to know. So I just got tired bro, of, of, of that. Just we're almost there. We got a meeting with Jimmy Iovine. The meeting never happened. So we went to go see this person at Def Jam, and, man, they love the record. And then that's it. Where do we go from here? So when so Ghazi calls me in August 2015, says, yo, I want you to move out of here, right? It's a true story. I say, all right, boom. Nobody knows that I'm leaving just yet. And then so I turn in my resignation letter with, with Brian. Um, so I'm already known I'm leaving. And so 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 early September comes, late, late August comes, and I'll never forget I'm working afternoons at 102 Jams, and DJ Earn plays Might Be for the first time. And when he plays Might Be, I never heard the record in my life. And he says, yo, you know that's your little brother, Luke Nasty? I say, who's little brother? Who is it? I'll never forget that. He said, and then all I heard was, uh, I got a feeling that you might be. And from that first line, that phone line's lit up, bro, at 102 Jams for an hour and a half, asking me what that song was. <laughs> that's the moment. First time hearing the song, hearing the phone lines, I call Luke immediately and say, bro, what in the hell you got going on, bro? So you, so he had been part of 336 Boys, but you didn't know he had done the Might Be track. Didn't know, didn't know. At this time, he was going solo, and I had no idea. And Earn played the record. He gave it to Earn. Oh, See, wow. Luke, Luke used to play records. Luke used to come to me when we had sevens, right, when, when I had the club, and he would mm-hmm. just play records. He'd just play records, but Luke would always leave. He'd do a verse. He's he's one of the only person in history, I could say this on record, that I had to fucking ask him for his record. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't be being out. So then when he would come, he'd, open, he'd play records for me, and it'd be one verse. Right, it'll be one verse, one hook, and I'll be like, "Yo, let me get that record." And he'd laugh, and he never give me the record. But just, this was our relationship because he was in a group later on in life. He told me I was in a group, so I wasn't even used to just writing one verse or doing a hook. I wasn't used to completing records. Right. So when Might Be drops, Might Be's a freestyle of a, uh, it was a remake of a freestyle of a remake of a sample. And right. so when it drops, right, I'll never forget it. The phone lines go bananas. He don't care nothing about the record of the song. He's like, bro, I just did this for 15 minutes. I don't know why y'all going crazy. I didn't know, <laughs> no idea that this song was a, was a record that he sampled from Anderson Pac. No idea that Anderson Pac is being distributed by Empire. No idea at the moment Anderson Pac calls Luke and flips out. You know what I'm saying? And him and bro start going back and forth on the phone. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's going crazy. And I'm about to leave radio. So nobody knows this. And so at this, at this moment, I knew my life wow. was going to change of all the controversy behind the record and 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 the number one thing man i tell everybody this everybody comes to me and says these words you're the hottest bro i'm i'm gonna make you a million dollars i'm gonna make you this i'm gonna make you that come this is this is what usually rappers like to tell me right so i say to them every time the same thing like i love your goal heart and i love that you believe in yourself but the people are gonna let me know what's what and this is something i learned from one of two fans early on was the audience will always 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 tell you what's popping i i went and studied djs and hosts my whole my whole life still to this day i go to any club across the country and i've signed records i'll tell y'all some stuff that will trip you out i've signed records just off a of reaction hmm. because the hardest thing to do is to get a reaction if you're in the club and right. cap j plays this record right and the whole crowd goes crazy i need to know who that is so my whole life i've been chasing to try to see who this is and having that same synergy, that same potion 
that this could be one of our records. So that's what you hope to have is when you play the, the song in the club and everybody goes crazy. So Luke hit this shit out of the park, but he's been making records his whole life. Twerk Tom, Shake for the Money. So, so, so hence the fact that might be never had a second verse. Um, it ended mm. up being one of the short songs, but it popped so heavy because it was one of those streamers. Now let's fast forward six years later, a kid from North Carolina does a TikTok to it. Uh, off of the remix from six years ago, and next thing you know, it becomes the number one song on TikTok for 2021. Wow. Uh, it brought his his shows and skyrocketed, and now y'all got to remember we stayed independent. So I turned down major deals. I turned down the Warner Brothers. I turned down the different people because not 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 that I have any beef with them, any issues with majors. Of course, I love to do business, but I, I, I knew this was a hit. By the time on the way wasn't out yet. You know, California has just dropped, but this was the one that I knew that listened to the reaction, and I was just in the reaction business. When you see 102 Jams and you know that their audience is one of the toughest audience on the planet, and if they're calling the phone, every every phone call was about that. I knew it was over, Cap. I knew that that was the moment <laughs> my life was going to change. I'm about to quit radio in about, you know, I've been on this 17 years. I'm about to walk away in a month, and God bless me. With this opportunity right here. I know you that's know? right. Well, Lee, I got a question for you. Yeah. And this is strictly from a fan perspective and fan of North Carolina hip hop. Um, I think there's a lot of talent in North Carolina. And I think right. there's a lot of, um, uh, I guess, um, notable people that actually do music in North Carolina, but it's like they never got a, a shot. Like, if you had to pinpoint one or two things that's missing from North Carolina, like, why most of these artists didn't get that shot, what would you say that would be? I would say it was the, it was the time. I would say that, A, you know, um, hip-hop travels in a wave, you know, like anything else. And and even if you look at our, our timeline, what we just talked about earlier, Fanatic, Ski, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, Nyborn, all these great producers – that was the producer element of NC back then. To 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 fast forward years later, when you had you know Luke, of course J Cole, the baby who just burned the whole house down, right. son of for Vegas to you know Moray now, to Rico Barino Moray, tell me, you know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a, it's the timing, it's the timing, it's the era, it's the sound. I think that also we're still very young, and since we are the Middle East, since we are a melting pot, we really have. So many people like, okay, New Yorkers love to come to North Carolina. This is a 100% fact. But then so right. do all the other races and all the other people, hence me, you, everybody on this line. So right. we, had, we we didn't have that sound that everybody was, you know, to have J. Cole and have the baby come from the same state is like, okay, you know what I'm saying? How far apart are they? They got one guy, he's, he's, he wants to, you know, he's, he's piecing things out. You got the other guy starting the wars. And it's like, and it's like, so you have, uh, uh, such a, and we're eight, eight cities, eight, eight stations that is on media base, eight stations on, that, that get tracked. We have nine, nine, you know, like you could literally break your record, but to go from Asheville to Wilmington is such a far apart in the, in the type of people that is. So I think it was just the identity and I think that it was our own not believing in it. You also remember a time period where the word local was a disastrous thing. Right. Oh, you man. Said, so, Man, he's a local artist. Man, I'm trying to hear that. Bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> and so right. you tell me, you're you, going to play you a know. North Carolina record right after No Limit Soldiers or, or See Murder Down for My Ninjas, and now all of a sudden you're going to say, hold on, everybody, this is 
this is my guy from NC. And so it wasn't, we wasn't, we wasn't on time because it wasn't our time. You it was, know what I'm so, you know, somebody, so you know, you know what made it hard to do that too back in the day? It was strictly the the engineering quality. We didn't have any place to put to put um a real veneer on the audio to make it sound official. So even when you play a song from North Carolina, it sounded local mm. back in Definitely. the day because we just didn't have access to that quality engineering and mastering, and that that made a big difference. When you start thinking about the people who blew up. It, their music was about there had been other people who had put out songs just as good right. but the ones that blew up were up to par with the sound that you heard out of the big labels like when you think about Petey Pablo you know that joint was engineered properly yeah, and, for, and for years Scott, I'm glad you said that too because for years even to this day even to this day when we go to the west coast especially where are you from North Carolina yo take my shirt off bro like, like, <laughs> like, like, bro. I, Petey's my man. I love Petey, bro. That's my guy. I love him to death. That's yes, indeed, thing, bro. But, bro, they don't identify us with one. So, I think when we have a moment like that, if it's to rewrite history, that Super Jam when he killed it and it was fresh and new. Remember that the whole Kyle team was had that shirt going crazy. Yes. I think at that moment, if two other ones would have came on a major and really blew, I think we would have been some. But Luckily, luckily, luckily for us now, it's the it's the right now, you know. And I, and, I, and and so for rappers back then, it's kind of like, all right, James Naismith invented basketball, but his family ain't eating off of, of the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, Kurt, uh, you know, Cool Herc, God bless him, right? But what's the difference between Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash? A whole lot of zeros, you know what I'm saying? And and you're talking about the guy who founded hip hop, as right. opposed to the guy who put out records, you know what I'm right. saying? So it's like. It's like sometimes in life it ain't your time, man, and that's unfortunate. You know, hey, well, that's let me, me let me sprinkle this in there for you, Wally. Like we we had a show where we talked about reasons that we thought that North Carolina couldn't get it to go, and one of the things that I gave is that we didn't have a uniform sound. Mm-hmm. But I at during that podcast, I gotta let you hear that I credited what y'all are doing to. Be, taking us in a direction to having an identifiable sound and I'm going to tell you where I hear it it starts with with the song might be whether you realize it or not every subsequent hit has followed that formula and it is the, the soulful samples that are used in all those hits is the stuff that we around here, those songs, the songs, we can relate to the songs without the rap on it. Mm-hmm. And you bring that back, and that and that has been included in each one of your hits. Every song that has done well, think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about California, it's Frankie Beverly and Mays. You know what I'm saying? Right. It might be, that's Tony, 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 right? No, it might be, might be uh, his escape, but it was Anderson Fox. Uh, oh, it was the escape. It was escape. But the, who was that? Wasn't it another one? What was his yeah, other on joint? The way, on the way. I'm on the way That was the Tony 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 joint So All of these joints Escape These are the songs That here in North Carolina Man we love Soulful music So All those hits Have drawn from A soulful sound That we love This sound in North Carolina I think I really think That you found it bro And what I'm trying to say And you know know, know What what Cap was so awesome was And I credit you Much because Listening to your mixes you're one of the only people I've ever heard play nothing but a G thing, and then you play the original. 
So in my head, right, the formula for us was you go samples 20 years back, 2015, you know, Escape came out, what, 95. So when, when Dre and Puff was doing it, the 20-year rule, because then the parents and the right, kids. All right, the 70s. Yes, exactly. So in the 90s, 70s, we went from 2015. Right. To, to so you found the formula. You found the formula. And let me tell you, I identified a sound. And... And I also noticed that that sound continued. Like, you know, I don't know how many other people noticed, but I noticed that Rico got a song out there with that same beat that Smile was on, and that is a continuation of that sound. You see what I'm saying? Um, exactly. Curious, Midnight Star. That's some more of that soulful R&B from the 90s that, that's brought back again. And I think, and, and everything that has been done on that sound from North Carolina has done well. So I think that you guys have experienced like every everybody else has had, you know, the one hit wonders, or you had guys like the baby and J. Cole who are major label guys. But for an independent label, you have experienced su- the first bit of success multiple times since payroll records. And y'all have an actual sound. So I'm gonna tell you right here on the show. As a dude that's known you forever and seen y'all working, and we know that North Carolina has struggled to find a sound, y'all got one. Stick with it. Own it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I heard Smile, I was like, oh, man, they 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 are riding on a sound that y'all created. But, Wally, right. did, did you just give Cap, because this dude is so humble. Did you did you just give him uh, almost credit for helping curate this sound that he's giving so much I credit? No, no, I, no, I'm gonna give him all the credit because I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> like when you speak to, when you speak to Luke Nasty, right? Luke gonna tell you Luke's still a DJ too first. So like for us, for us when we you know DJs is first. And my life and my whole my whole heartily can tell you that a DJ is the best producer. A DJ is the best everything organizer of a song. Because the DJ knows what time it is, especially DJ coming from from my era of when we was out there doing our thing. Because that's the cream of the crop. So when you see somebody, bro, as a musician, Cap J, I wouldn't I wouldn't just say Cap is it. Yeah, I brag about. See, I, I ain't talking to Cap. You know, me and me and broken out talk for for a year, but as much as you brag about me, I brag about you right. everywhere. Because I always tell bro, like he he's a musician, bro. Like knows music. Not a lot of right. DJs know music but he knows music he can make beats he can rap well what you don't understand bro is a rapper too right you know what i'm saying i don't know with the corn rolls and and, and, and the black and mall and the handcuff and the and the, and the swisher rolled up you know yeah that's the guy my kids don't know <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I know that side so i know bro so like so bro bro was so so whenever whenever you got somebody that's that's given homage to, 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 to the original, what that does for people like us is we say, oh, because the original and the party. If I go to the party right now, I know certain songs that everybody's going to sing along to. Lenny Williams to whatever else, old school, new school, whatever. Like, we're going to, we as, as MCs and DJs and, and in that culture, we know what moves. So if you instantly familiar, right, there's a category in radio that says familiar and unfamiliar. Right. People hate unfamiliar music. Yep. So, like, when you give them that dish that that they know already, instant already familiarity, familiarity, and we don't have we don't we have a disadvantage being independent. You have an advantage, and you got disadvantage. So, if you don't have 
the, the money to go open up for the halftime of the Super Bowl with Dre and Snoop, you have to sneak it in the best way you can. You got to thug it. You got to get them the song they already know, and they already singing along because now you don't have to feed it in their head. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, people, we come from radio, it's called programming. So the cats that play a record a hundred times, I guarantee you the hundred and one time, no matter how much you say you hate the song, you know the words. Right. And you singing along. Right. And you doing the dance from TikTok. And, man, I hate this shit. You're doing it. Right. As you're doing your TikTok dance, we all guilty, right? So give them the stuff they already know. So a brother like Cap gets, uh, you know, so much credit because because he was he's a musician. And for us that were fans uh, listening to the radio, you get to hear it and you get to hear the original. Man, you know how disappointed I was first time I heard the original uh, 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 number but a G thing. I thought Dre made the entire beat till I heard the original. And I said, oh, my God. It was the first person I ever hear. You know, like, that's like Santa Claus really, you know, no disrespect to Dre. He's right. a genius. He's a man. But you'd be like, damn, bro, I thought you did all of this. You know what I'm saying? And again, geniuses. Dre's a genius. I would never say Dr. Dre isn't a genius. But as a kid, as a kid, you would be like, I thought, bro, did the whole shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so once you discover sampling and you discover that this is what kept hip hop going forever, and then, and then, so for somebody like Luke, he knows how to how to sample a record. Like, like I listened to the record Baller for I, I was on Luke forever. I'm like, yo, bro, this record by Little Troy is one of my favorite songs of all time, right? Because I, I've seen. The, the white kids, I've seen the black kids, I've seen everybody. I don't give a damn if it's an old lady. Wanna I'm going to play this, want to be a father, <laughs> and she's going to sing this, right? Yep. So I was on him forever. We in the DR one day, and he makes the beat. He does the song, but he leaves off, you know, the, the better way part. It's got to be a better way. He didn't do that, so he uh-huh. took the song somewhere else. Mm. Years later, right, when Lupa Deepa goes with Coke and Elton John, and you listen to Elton John's record, and they remade Rocket Man, she don't say Rocket Man in the song. They leave that part out. It made the song a whole new record. So it's like it's like it's like for real. You really can make a sad song better. You could really take the original and try to try to revamp it to the point where it sounds like a whole new record. And that's the, that's where the, the love is because now the parents and the kids can actually you know rock out and everybody can be happy because man, like Cap said, we from a state that loves music. Right. They know what they like. Hey, well, tell me, tell me this. Like, I know Luke Nasty does a lot of, you know, productions on his own, and he got a sound. But I, I also, you know, tell me about Mr. Hanky. And, like, I'm always curious when I hear a beat in one place, and now I hear it in another place. So tell me how the thing with Rico and Smile happened. And was that anything that, that you had it, your hand in? You're talking about the serious record? Yeah, What's yeah. Uh, so, so originally... Hanky, Hanky, Hanky and Colonel Lyle have an amazing relationship. You know, before we met Hanky. And where is and Mr. So, Hanky from? I know Colonel Lyle's from Goldsboro down our way. Hanky's from the A. We okay. School in, in uh, Louisiana, I want to say, or I want to say he was. Is he from Louisiana? But you know, he's he went to school down there, and he's got a lot of credits with Lil Bootsy. He did. Uh, he did the. Um, the uh, the throwed off joint, you know, and Hanky just got through doing the, the twerking later on the biggest records last year with the City Girls. I mean, he he in his own right, right. He's got an ear, he's got a sound. So. Yeah, he got a great ear, man. Great ear. Yeah, Hanky, the man. I, originally, um, you know, that record on the way was supposed to be for Colonel Loud. Luke did it for Colonel Loud, but Colonel Loud didn't couldn't catch the uh, 
couldn't catch the beat. So he told us, listen, man, just take the song, Luke, and boom, bam, you know? So, yeah, that, that happens so. a lot. <laughs> wow, okay. Dudes, you know, dudes pass songs around, man. Right. Like we heard Ski talk about how he, he had he had done feeling it for himself, and he said Jay was like, yo, let me get that. He said it on our podcast first. <laughs> That's perfect. Right. I don't know. I think Salty Boy might battle y'all on the first one that he said it on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell me this, man. What happens after you get a song out there and it starts to gain steam? So, like, for people who are trying to become, you know, trying to get to where you are, what do you do when you have a song and you've been trying with other songs and you finally get one and the ball is rolling? What does what what do you need to do to make sure that you can do it over and over again like you've been able to do? So, so you need that one, right? That one. So you go sell the house, you take out loans, you um you don't go to jail, right? So you do whatever you have to do to get that song where it needs to go because as soon as it goes where it needs to go, you get a shot. And once you start getting hot, right? It's just like anything in life. People are now looking for you to give them more music, and then the fan base is there. The thing that you have to keep in mind is, is, is from my point of view, uh, running a label or managing an artist and stuff, you have to always be mindful of what's the reality and what you're trying to force. The negative is sometimes they love you for just this. You know, sometimes the girl's on Instagram, and they don't want to hear her rap. So she's 1.7 million followers. And they don't want to hear anything else. You got to take pretty pictures and be that. So sometimes in life, your audience wants this from you. So it's very hard for an artist, right? An artist can hear one thing from one person. An artist can go sell 10 million records, but come back home and catch up be like, well, man, I like that street shit you was doing. And now they're going to change their whole formula because one person said something to them. It all takes is one. See, the thing that I tell everybody is find out what the audience wants from you and give them that, which is that's all you have to do as an artist. Okay, boom, this worked. Do it again. That didn't work. See what's happening right now. The number one artist in the game, hands down, got to be Drake because Drake keeps reinventing himself with the new guys, the new sounds. He goes get the Afro beats. He goes get the drill. He goes get the slow songs. He gets, he's an active guy that's really grinding like he's brand new. And see, that's the thing that you have to do. The minute that you kick your feet up and you think it's over with, you'll fall right off. Now, it's scary because I'm going to tell you why it's scary. An artist could come and go with no club run. The clubs are just not opening back up. So you got to think about artists that came in during the pandemic and would have racked up another 200, 300, 400, and half a million, a million dollars on shows. That's gone. So, so you didn't get a chance to go out, shake hands, kiss baby. So one half of our entire music business was destroyed for the last three years. Me, I went against the grain, and I went out there anyway. No mask. I didn't care, bro. I thugged it. We're going on pandemic tours. Like, listen, man, we ain't there by now. We got to go. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to go. Well, I'm glad so, you came out the other side, man. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm glad so, too. But but, 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 but the reality of it is an artist can literally blow up on TikTok today, right now, and, and, and pass us by, and their run is so short that in six months, not even three months from now, they're not even getting booked no more. The dance ain't popping. So in a, in a microwave world, your popcorn pops and you didn't get a chance to put no butter on it. And so what happens now? What happens now is you're, 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 sitting, here, you're sitting here wondering what just happened. And you got a crazy advance if you're lucky or 
you did something to, to, and now they don't want to hear it. See, the one hit wonder, so it's so real too because sometimes all they want to hear is it takes two and joy and pain and just be happy to perform those two. No respect to Rob Bates, he's still getting his bread, but they don't want to hear nothing new from you. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, so man. Like, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm 40 years later, I'm doing the same record, but here's my new shit. They're like, ah. We paid you for these two, and this is oh. all we want is these two. So well, you have they... to find out, and you can never, ever let your foot off the gas because the minute you don't go do the radio promo, the minute you don't go to DTLR, the minute you don't go do the basketball game, the minute you like, nah, I really ain't feeling that today, they're really not going to be feeling you tomorrow. And that's on everything. I've seen it over and over and over. Man, oh, listen, man, I'm listen. Not... Listen, man, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I remember – I remember, like, I'm just going to relate this as a DJ and tell you where where it happened in my own career. I you remember how long I carried my records. Like, I kept my records well into, like, people had been using computers for a year, and I'm still using records. Right. Right. So I finally moved over to the, to the computer, but I didn't trust it yet, and it took some a learning curve. Hmm. And homecoming came up that year. And normally I used to do the big room, mm-hmm. the empire room. And that year I was like, man, I just got this daggone computer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I don't trust myself on it yet enough to stand in front of 5,000 people right. at homecoming in the most competitive atmosphere. Like, am I right, Waleed? You know, you can't, I can't come in here and stink up homecoming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just got this computer. And I don't even have my music. Like, you know, I'm used to, like you said, Waleed, I'm an organized man. I know exactly where all my stuff is and how I want to play it. And when I first got to Serato, I just didn't know it yet. I had to look for everything. So it took time off my performance. And I said, instead of doing upstairs, this year I elect to go downstairs. Mm. And I arranged with the DJ. I said, man, honestly, man, like I I love doing the big room, but I just got this set up and I don't want to go up here and then have it not go right. Right. You know? And you never went back. So I went downstairs. Wally, guess who went upstairs? Who's that? Skills. Oh my God. <sighs> Damn. And from that point on, Skills was the guy upstairs. Right. And and eventually I did get my, you know, I can rock the Serato now. Mm-hmm. But I'm still glad that I didn't go up there that night. Mm-hmm. Because whether I had, you know, one way or the other, me stepping up there with a brand new Serato, trying to do what I've been doing for 20 years with two turntables and records, right. what finna happen that night. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? I know, but, 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 but you were smart enough to figure it out, though. That's like that's the smart. That's that's I commend you on that because you were smart. You didn't want to take the L. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna go up there and put a stain on my name, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't rock too many parties really good to go up there and stink one up. You feel me? Yes. And we unforgiving. And the problem is, cats will never forget. You can have a twenty and O at a party. But the middle of that just stops in the middle. Somebody got shot, bro. Bro, you be the. That's it. That'll be like you said. The thing. That, that's all they would talk about. Right. Right. So, so that applies in in the music world too, man. If you're in a place, you know, it only takes you to step out for a second, man. You know what I mean? 
especially for somebody like me who had been in that place for so long. We talked about all the things that, you know, a whole lot of time on the scene, man, you know. Mm. Somebody else yeah, is going to show know, up. You know, you know, Cap was so crazy about it that, you know, we were shooting a baller video, right? And this is this is a time, this was a hard time of my life because, you know, I wasn't seeing the movements anymore like I used to. So when you go from getting a certain amount, and Kelsey, well, my homegirl, she's, she is casting the video. We're in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm helping this female artist out in the back of my head. I'm like, I should put her. She's at the address, the same club we at. And I'm like, yo, her and Kelsey are best friends. And I'm like, yo, I really should put her on the record. I got the money to do it. You know, I, let me just go put her on the record. And I never put her on the record. And that artist was making the stallion, bro. And it's like years later, I say to myself, that would have, if I would have had her on this baller record, we was in Houston, Little Troy didn't clear the temple for nobody. Luke's the only one that ever got the baller. And then you would have had, moment. yeah, y'all dropped the ball on and, that one. And, 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 and I'm helping her in the Carolinas at the time. Wow. Nobody wants to mess with her. And so what I'm saying is, is watching that, that's why when the pandemic hit, I said, man, I already died one time before. Let me get back out here and go because you know what, this this is a business that I'm never going to let my foot off the gas again. I'm never going to ever get into that moment where, bro, I'm good. I got it. We straight. We ain't got to do this. We ain't got it. Once, once I hear an artist say they ain't got to, no matter what it is, man, I ain't got to do that no more. Once I hear that, it's over. I'm like, bro, you better hope you two change. You better hope you somebody that is going to stand the test of time because you have to. If Trey goes and gets the new guy every time, what does that tell you? Right. The new guy in this business is, you know, I tell everybody the same shit. I Tom Brady. Why was Tom Brady not making nowhere what Pat Mahone was making at all? The only difference is the age. And so when you sit down and look at Pat Mahone, gets a half a billion dollars, right? Tom Brady's whole network ain't even nowhere near what my man Pat signed for his whole career. But this guy got more rings than everybody. You say to yourself, the new guy is always the threat, more mm-hmm. than the old guy. You feel me? That's already been mm-hmm. in the game. So you better, you, you know... That's why we have to like stay stay on our because if we don't, bro, that's it. You're gonna get that one hit. It's gonna be it. That's it. And and there's no wrong with that. People 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 can make a real long living just doing one or two songs forever. Me personally, bro, that ain't my life. I need I need plaques. I need I need to put change lives. I need to get you know a catalog on. Once I realize that you know, the, the people at Warner, the people at, at Interscope, the people over here are not smarter than me and not going to go harder than me, then I say, you know what, bro, I'm, I, I got to go now because I have to pave the way for more, so much more. So, man, I took all the plaques off the wall, bro. I didn't, man, I went back into, like, a real Rambo mode, right, on some just, we got to go back out here and win because cause the second that I started feeling myself three, four years ago, it was about to be over. Right. And that's a fact. Well, welcome back to the game, sir. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Boy, I'm, 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 now I'm back. You know, I've been in the last three years. I've been a local artist mode. So, yo, yeah, but we hot. But I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when they come up with it. You know, like me, I've always welcomed it. I've always welcomed it. Awesome. Like, yo, tell me how hot you are. What you want to do for it? Like, okay. Hey. You lost your arm? Are you ready to shoot your leg off? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you wanted, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted it bad, bro. <laughs> hey, man. Yes, indeed, man. Yeah, I remember I remember the first record, man. 
Others Records. So what was that, 1998? Yeah, 1998, Others Records, yes, sir. 2008, 2018, 20, 24 years. And 24 years crazy. later. Yeah, 24 years later, and Cap used to live down the street from me. So yes, I indeed. So I used to go to Cap's crib, and Cap used to come to our crib. So it was like, this is, this is amazing. That a quarter of a century later, we, you know, we're oh, here. Oh, man, we used to, yeah, I used to, Make beats And I be sitting there Playing them for Waleed Like yo man You got anybody you Got anybody you think Need some of these <laughs> We be sitting there Listening to beats Then I go over Waleed's house Like Waleed's house Was like The It's like an MC hostel <laughs> mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I'm saying It's always it. You could just reach out And grab Like you need a rapper Go over Waleed's house And grab one You right. know what I'm saying <laughs> like, Everybody over there raps <laughs> it's that Wally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I get over there one day. They cutting a wall out. Then y'all cut a wall out. Make a studio in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made it. We cut a wall out. We put the studio up. Yeah, the yeah. Up. All, all that stuff. Man, we didn't have no plaques, so we made our own little plaque. You know what I'm saying? With the vinyl. Yo, so it was. You know, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it back then, Cap. You know. It was crazy over there, though, man. Like, like you know, but it was a music environment. You know what you did? You recreated Dana's house at your house. <laughs> Damn, I never even realized that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Except your house is anything goes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Unfortunately, they were shooting rap videos with real times and trapping. And, yeah, and you know what I'm I, saying? I, <laughs> yeah, you had that. Why the police outside for the last two days? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going over burning CDs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wally's house, man. I, I was telling, I told you, I was like, yo, Wally, yeah, Wally had the characters over there, boy. You right. know what I'm saying? It was real. <laughs> <laughs> Wally definitely, Wally definitely had street pass. Hmm. Like, you know, nobody, you know, Wally could go anywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? He said he had the floor shop on High Point Road. Huh? Yeah, the florist shop of High Point Road. The florist shop. Oh, oh, the florist <laughs> shop. That, nah, I'm just saying. It was just like you know when you deal with that many people, like you know, it ain't just a recent thing with rappers in the streets. Rappers been in the streets. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? And and when you plugged in, like Wally's name was good in the streets. Right. You know that's why Wally's stuff was still there when he got home. Right. Yeah, that's that's a fact. Like you're right. It was always. You, you see right. what I'm saying? Because I, I promise you, if your name went good in these streets, all that hanging out at your house would last about two months. <laughs> whole, Everything. Whole goes. studio. Been gone. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the mere fact that you were able to keep that going, keep the people around, attest to, to the respect they have for you and what you had going on. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's love right there. That's love. Yeah, that yeah. was a whole lot of love, man. Yes, sir. A whole lot of love. love, man. You know, one day people will go back and and if you listen to all the people that we've talked to, everybody overlaps some kind of way, like six yeah. degrees of separation. You know what I'm saying? And like Absolutely. we we talked to Ski, we talked to you. Um, you know, I would have talked to Dana already if he was around. You know, I would have talked to Roland. Mm-hmm. But but Damn. talking talking to y'all too, there's a connection with the music side and the radio side. You know, we got Brian and that. We talked to Av about being a female in this industry. <laughs> right, right. And she was a pioneer too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we we talked about how she discovered um Ricky Smiley. <laughs> how she discovered Ricky Smiley. That's our thing. <laughs> Heard it first here on our podcast. <laughs> Ricky Smiley, bro, that's crazy. <laughs> we had a lot of firsts on this podcast. We talked to Tony Crush, signed the first group hip hop deal. Uh, yeah, boy, Cold Crush Brothers. Yes, sir. So yeah, man. Wow. And then we got Wally. You know what I'm saying? Others records. Really, man. The 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 only real major independent movement going on out of here since payroll. Right. And, and that means a lot, Kat, that you said that, because them was my heroes growing up. Them was my guys that, the Busy Boys, Payroll Records, you know, just to watch. You know, what's so crazy about Payroll is one of the guys that was an investor in Payroll worked at Montego Bay, dude named Vinny. I didn't even know Vinny was a part of a Payroll. And one day, you know, he saw just coming, you know, he was kind of like a waiter, you know, concierge kind of guy. And one day he said, yeah, man, me, me, me and Roland, we had Payroll Records. And I'm like, bro, I've known you for a whole. I couldn't believe it. I yeah, you like, just bringing this up. Yeah, but 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 this is this is because you said it. It's just like wow, because this is this is when you said payroll. Like this is who we wanted to be like. So for you for you for you to say that's a huge honor for us. Because come on, man, payroll records, and then it's time to get paid with K Nice. Yeah, bro, come on, brother. This record, right? Think about that record on TikTok today, right now. Oh my god. Oh, you oh. know what? It's just a matter of time, man. Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's perfect for TikTok. That's perfect for TikTok. K Nice and Nabo are gonna be out doing shows. <laughs> they will be doing shows and we're gonna manage them, brother. You and me, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna take it to the top. They're gonna love it. I'm with that. I talked to K Nice on the way in here tonight. <laughs> that is fire. But see that that see that see that synergy right there? What are the odds, you know? Yes, sir. Yes indeed. Nah, yes. bro, I love you, bro. In real life, you my brother. Any anywhere I'm at in life, bro, you at. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't need no invitation. I don't care where it is. You you know you family, bro. Glass. You my people. So appreciate that, you bro. You family too. So so bring bring him to KOD, right? Right. When I fold him. I take my brother. Bring him to KOD so we can get him some lap dances. He can have a horrible time, and we can smoke a bunch <laughs> of weed with him, and it can be amazing. <laughs> Sound like a weekend. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we can do a whole nother show about all the debauchery, but that's yeah. that's a, that's a whole nother few hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't get into that. Oh, you have an open invitation, brother, anytime. Bro. Yes, indeed, man. Hey, we appreciate you coming through tonight, man, and God bless you. Well, appreciate you for love, man. Appreciate y'all, ladies and gentlemen. The incomparable, Waleed. Coyote. And I'm Capital J. It's your main man. DL Glass. And we in the house. Capital City Podcast. We out of here.